welcome to this bonus episode of the Montpelier Happy Hour here on, well, we know it will be on BCTV. It should be on the internet. And we also believe it will be on WVEW 107.7 FM LP, your Brattleboro, your local Brattleboro community station. I am Olga Peters, your host. Welcome Representative Emily Kornheiser, who is a regular contributor. And Emily, what is it like with your workday now all at home? All your many hats in one place. All my many hats in one place, one very large table with so thankful for a door that closes. Um, Just sitting here, just like this on Zoom calls most of the day, occasionally um, for very large house calls. So there's a house rules committee, uh, all um, a joint rules committee meeting that happens once a day at four o'clock. And that's just a call in. And there's an all house call every other day. And so that's just a call in. But the rest of the time I am here in video land, just like this with you. It's been really interesting to um, see how all these people are adapting to new technologies and really stepping into it with an amount of courage to learn something new and sort of stumble. That's been really impressing me. I've had um, a really good county delegation meeting on Zoom. I had a meeting with a whole bunch of Dems on Zoom, um, having really good work meetings with youth services on Zoom. You know, social workers tend to not um, be computer people or they wouldn't be social workers, they would be computer people. And so it's been really interesting to watch my paid work team adapt to life doing case management via Zoom. Mm -hmm. Um, And then for me, I'm just drinking a lot of tea, wearing a lot of decorative scarves, and staring into my computer with little earbuds in. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about lighting a lot more than I normally do, as we discussed before we started recording. Yeah. What is, what, it's really, it's, um, being a legislator requires a significant amount of multitasking, even in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, during a committee hearing, there's what's happening with the witness in the chair. There's what's happening to all the witnesses around, all the lobbyists and advocates that's in a circle around the committee table and sort of reading their body language throughout the process. There's what's ever coming through on my computer. There's the subtleties between committee members, all of that. And then there's sort of like the constant barrage of messages and, you know, stepping out of the room to talk to someone else and all of that. And so that kind of multitasking, that sort of the mix between large human groups, you know, deep interpersonal, and computer, I'm very used to. But this is like, you know, I have four screens going at once and my phone constantly blowing up and trying to take notes. And it's a new, it's a new way to like really, and still feel really engaged with the person who's not actually right in front of me, but um, just a bobblehead on the screen. Mm-hmm. Not that you're a bobblehead, Olga. Um, practice. What is that? Max Hedrin. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> to just totally Gen X myself up. Um, how is your work life, Olga? It's been fascinating. Um, like you, actually, I want to, before I talk about my work life, I want to quickly ask you a question about yeah. youth services, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Um, how has it been for the, the people you work with who are trying to connect with clients? 
mm-hmm. um, have they had access to internet? Have they had access to the tools necessary? Um, I've been really surprised at how smoothly that's gone for my team, at least. Um, we do all of our work via, in groups for the most part, and then sort of check in via sort of text message, et cetera, with clients throughout the day, but tend to not have one-on-one meetings with clients very often. Um, and so my team has really been able to shift to group work with youth, some of them calling in on, on a phone, some of them on their computers. They all, um, not all of them, but most of them are still connected to high school in some way. So they have access to the school-issued Chromebooks. Mm. Um, and so they've been like, you know, playing games with each other via Zoom, you know, like doing dance parties via Zoom, doing some really deep emotional work with each other having check-in buddies. Um, they went for a walk all together on the phone recently, you know, separate, but um, on the all on the phone together. And so that's been pretty heartening. We have, you know, at Youth Services, we have more youth that are more disconnected than the folks that my team works with. Um, I think that's been a challenge, but a lot of that sort of for um, youth who are more comfortable in the periphery of case management services, they tend to get most of their, um, most of their connection via text message anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that seems to be going okay. The you know procedures around our shelters um, and our temporary living program is more complicated. And you know, that's sort of an ongoing issue in all of our communities mm-hmm. that provide, you know, concrete support for folks who are um, struggling with housing issues. So Okay. I am fascinating, like fascinated, like you said, watching how people adapt mm-hmm. um, to these new technologies. You know, as a journalist, in some ways, my days have changed a lot, and in some ways, they've they haven't changed that much at all, because I am used to reaching out to people either over the internet or over the phone, um, watching BCTV meetings or meetings over BCTV. So in some ways that technology part hasn't changed. Um, I'm, I'm reaching out to people who are working with new technologies. I think for me, what has been interesting is how to balance the barrage of information and try to sort out what does my community need to know and what, what another media outlet is good at covering and let them do that and Mm -hmm. what can the commons bring to the table during this time that maybe other news outlets can't um, Mm -hmm. or don't Um, and so that shifting and weighing and measuring of of information and community needs has been a little intense in part because while I'm still connecting with everyone at the commons you know we're all removed so we're now all we're not in the newsroom Mm-hmm. batting these things about um so that's that's been a little interesting and i do i do worry about gee is this the right thing to be bringing to people is this what people really need to know mm-hmm. um that type of thing yeah all of the essential questions of our time and all of the essential questions i think of both of our work lives are just very very heightened right now yes so i'm asking myself what just like you like what is the right information for my constituents how far do I step into sort of constituent service as casework? You know, how much do I help people navigate their 
um, specific problems. How much do I go to bat with individual members of the administration versus the legis sort of the three steps outside of that legislative role? Um, how much is my role as a community leader to sort of gather people together and give them a sense of purpose and peace? Um, really, all of those questions are very heightened right now. All while I, I'm sure this is true for you, it's definitely true for me. A lot of where I get my energy on an ongoing basis is from the, you know, energetic exchange with other people yeah. in my work. And I'm not, not large groups of people. I'm not sort of that kind of politician or that kind of extrovert, but um, having individual conversations with people and sort of, you know, feeling my way through that as a real source of meaning for me in my life. And it's different when we're not quite, you know, able to touch each other. Yeah, not in the same room, kind of getting the vibe. Yeah. I just, as an aside, I just want to let listeners know, uh, of course, we're all working from home and I'm in a fairly active uh, um, neighborhood with people who like their snowblowers. So I realized that even at 730 in the morning, one of my neighbors has fired up their snowblower. Oh, I can't hear it at all. Oh, so good. I'm sorry oh, good. if it's a distraction for you, but it is not here. We're also, we should let listeners know that when we talk about this being broadcast on the internet, the places that that's happening is our SoundCloud page, which we're then sharing via Facebook um, and other medium. And then um, also we are posting these regular shows on my YouTube channel and then sort of sharing it from there. Thank you for that update. You're welcome. So what for you as a, as a lawmaker is really pertinent right now? What are you hearing from constituents? Um, the biggest thing is that we are continuing to shut down the economy. Mm -hmm. um, and some of that is very purposeful shutting down of the economy, you know, that um, asking certain people not to do their work anymore. So, you know, two days ago, sorry, I very much lost track of time, but two days ago, you know, asked um, people who do close contact work not to do that work anymore, mm -hmm. cosmetologists, et cetera. Um, and so telling those people you're done. And a from my knowledge of that um, industry, a lot of those people work as independent contractors, not employees of salons. Mm -hmm. And so there's that whole world of people who are needing to stop work. And then there's people who um, are working in industries that have just slowed down to such an extent because no one is engaging in anything that they have lost work. Um, so, you know, bartenders, wait staff who still work at restaurants um, as they were sort of just business has completely slowed down. Um, there's also folks who have really sort of long term, longer term jobs um, that have recently been canceled as the economy has slowed down or people are just really scared about the economy. So um, general contractors, big event photographers, stuff like that, um, mm -hmm. who just as the economy contracts, um, people do marketing tend to really just um, it's one of the first expenses that businesses and individuals cut from their budgets. Right. Right. And so as it has all happened, some of it very deliberately and some of it as um, side effects, it's hard mm -hmm. to think about someone's economic life as a side effect. Um, we have so, and then, sorry, the last phase of that, is people who still have jobs they could go to every day, except they um, 
are medically vulnerable and need to isolate themselves right now. And so they have voluntarily left their jobs in order to keep themselves and their families safe. Mm -hmm. And so as that happens, um, you know, people don't have paychecks and have all of the same bills. And in Wyndham County, particularly, we have a huge number of people who are self-employed. Yes, and awfully, often juggling more than one job, too. Yes. And so we have this amazing safety net in the unemployment insurance system that we have, you know, expanded considerably in this time to really expand eligibility to people who left work for absolutely any reason, even slightly related to COVID, really taking into account all those different categories that I just named. All those people are eligible for unemployment insurance now. Um, all of those people are eligible for sort of worker protections if they are still working. But what we're seeing um, is that, you know, so many of us are not eligible for that at all because we were not employees. And that's sort of one of those larger pieces of the economy that you and I have talked about many times that we can, the labor movement can fight and fight and fight and fight and fight. But unless people are considered employees, they're not subject to any of the protections that labor has won over the last hundred something years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a definite hole in the safety net. Yes, it really is. And so what to do um, is really, really hard and what to offer people is really hard. So some of those folks are considered small businesses, even though they've never thought of themselves as small businesses before. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's an interesting rejiggering mentally for people. Right. Um, and so asking them to really do the kind of business projecting and business plans that a sort of official small business would do um, in order to qualify for the small business assistance, I think is a really big mental shift for people who do their independent contracting as sort of more matched up with a household income kind of model. Mm -hmm. um, and then for regular independent contractors, um, it's really hard and we're sort of looking to the future on it. During Hurricane Irene, we were able to offer unemployment insurance to self-employed people um, under a very specific disaster declaration from the Fed that we have. And by the Fed, I mean federal government, the president, not mm -hmm. the Fed, the Federal Reserve Bank, which is also offering money right now. So I don't want to confuse anything. Um, but we're not we, we're not there yet. You know, it's very much on our federal delegations um, lens that all of you know, even the very best packages that managed to pass the U.S. House um, really won't help Vermont's specific economy with so many small businesses and so many independent contractors. So really need to figure out what's next in an atmosphere where, you know, Vermont has very little spending power, even on the best of days. Mm -hmm. um, we've talked about that so much. Um, <laughs> And right now, our revenue is, you know, as a state has dropped out the same way everyone else's revenue has, right? right? Like we get meals and rooms taxes. And so when restaurants aren't collecting that tax because no one's coming in, we don't have that income. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And so I know I've mentioned this before, but just for the sake of clarity and avoiding confusion, please. 
we're waiting for a federal declaration of emergency declaration so we can trigger other protections for workers. But there was an emergency declaration for Massachusetts and New Hampshire, and because Wyndham County borders those, we're covered by that declaration. But it, I just want to clarify, yeah. it doesn't Thank cover you. everything. So there are, you know, similar to um, we've been having these, you know, governor's orders, right? Like one, a new one every day. Um, yesterday, like asked people nicely to start teleworking if they could, mm-hmm. um, which I understand is a lead up to something else, but it's still like, it, it was a very soft, like, you know, um, state declaration. But so that federal disaster declaration was from the Small Business Administration. Right. And that's triggered when enough small businesses have um, experienced enough financial distress from a specific incident. And we were eligible for that as a tri-state area. And that triggers a lot of money for small business loans. Um, but those are only those are at like a 3% interest and they have to be paid back. And they're available for people with a fairly um, comprehensive existing business model. Mm-hmm. And so those tend to be um, more useful for larger businesses. Okay, thank you. A lot of Vermont businesses, you know, are restaurants on Main Street, a few people working from their home, et cetera, um, don't have the cash flow in the best of times to be paying back more loans. Mm-hmm. And they're not allowed to be used to consolidate existing loans, unfortunately. Ah, uh, okay. So we are working on more more solutions on that. So uh, just as a question, our conversation is bringing up a conversation I had with Tristan Tolino, one of your fellow reps from Brattleboro, a while ago. But he was talking about how in Europe, the protections that cover workers are based on citizenship, Mm. where in the U.S. it's based on work Mm -hmm. and your employer. So I'm wondering, could Vermont make that change that your protections are based on residency? or citizenship, Vermont citizenship, for lack of a better term, would that trigger other things to better protect? I love that question. So in some ways we have, right? So in Vermont, the health exchange um, moves a lot of people to their health insurance being connected to their personhood and not to their employer. That's Mm -hmm. definitely not true for all employees. Um, And in this time, the open enrollment period on the exchange is just wide open. Mm -hmm. Um, for folks who are sort of switching around, who are leaving employers and need to have personal health insurance right now. Um, But unemployment insurance is sort of fascinating and actually not that different from a lot of other um, state federal programs in that the unemployment trust fund, which is the fund that unemployment is paid out of, sits at the state level and is composed of payroll taxes paid in by employers. Mm Um, on behalf of employees. But the protocols, the rules, the policies for how to spend that and how not to spend that, a lot of that sits with federal law Hmm. and federal rules. Okay. And so um, we can't do that. That would need to happen at the federal level. What we could do um, and would be really nice and would take a very long time to set up is that right now we're really using the unemployment trust fund the same way we would use family medical leave. Uh 
right? Yeah. Um, which would sit with each person ideally. Um, but even in the model, the last model that didn't pass the Vermont House and Senate, still unemployed people were not eligible to pay into it yet. Ooh, and so, chickens and eggs. Chickens and eggs. Um, yeah. And it's really, you know, Vermonters, Americans, and taxes. Um, because if you're going to have something sort of, you know, it's one thing to have protections sit with everyone on, you know, um, non-financial protections sit with someone individually. But when um, financial protections sit with someone individually, the money to fund that needs to come from the collective whole, mm -hmm. right? And Americans are really scared of that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, look at the, that's what Medicare for all is. Yeah. Um, and look at those, how those debates play themselves out, you know, and really helping people understand what a progressive vision for taxation is um, and what a person gets from a progressive vision for taxation. That's a very long conversation that we've barely just started in this country um, and is certainly not going to help any of us tomorrow. Right. So in the interest of keeping these bonus additions very short and sweet, What? I think we just lost power. Oh, you're back. I was just recording these like closing words. Oh, you're putting your ears in. So that was fun. I'm so glad you're back because I you were about to say something very wise to wrap us up. And I <laughs> had no wrap up inspiration, even though I felt like I had gone down this very dark road and I wanted to come back from it, but I wasn't sure how. And now you're back. So thank you for coming back. Thank um, you. You're we're welcome. still recording. I paused for a minute, but then brought us back online. And so what were you going to say before your power went away? <laughs> I was going to say, what do people need to know right now? Um, resources, places to find good information if they are struggling with work and taxes so if people are struggling with work and taxes um there are a bunch of different opportunities i have put them out in a newsletter um, that sort of summarizes all of it that i'm happy to send to people if they would like it there the town has a really comprehensive great website with a bunch of links on it um the town I of brattleboro the, the town of brattleboro thank you thank you um but so the Department of Labor for Unemployment, the Agency of Commerce for Small Business Assistance. If you have children under the age of 18 and you're in need of food, there is food delivery happening every day via school bus. Um, and there's a lot of sort of tax relief options and um, options for if you're struggling to pay rent or pay your mortgage that you should really reach out and learn more about. Very hopeful that as we find better financial resources for people in this difficult time um, that we can sort of stem the tide of chaos in the meantime while we're working out those solutions. So please don't give up. Please reach out for help. We're all absolutely in this together. We are. And on that note, Representative Emily Kornheiser, thank you for joining us today. We will be back um, as information comes to the surface that we want people to know. We will be doing more of these bonuses. 
In the meantime, of course, The Happy Hour airs on WVEW every Friday at 2 p.m. And you can find us at the Vermontitude Facebook page, SoundCloud page, and then, of course, Emily's uh, YouTube channel and her Facebook page as well. Thank you for joining us. Thank you.